people you love, play five songs they love and tell you why. Darren Hanlon is one of Australia's great troubadours. His music has charmed us for near on 20 years now and he's known as a songwriter's songwriter. His skill at getting straight to the heart of the matter has built him a loyal following of fans and fellow musos alike. Daz is also one of those people that you want to pull up a pew and have a cuppa with. There's a sense of calm that falls whenever I chat with him, and for all of these reasons, I asked him to take five. Darren's most recent song is about coping, quite literally, with the pandemic. We all cope in different ways So don't be too hard on yourself A hopeless string of empty days Life standing on an arctic shelf Staring deep into the void Of your undiscovered mind Searching desperately to find Some comfort from the malaise We all cope in different ways It's another work of genius that cuts straight to the core of what we're all feeling and thus makes us feel a little less alone. So I wanted to know, what are Darren Hanlon's coping songs? Before we got into his beautiful choices and wonderful tales, he told me about writing his latest folk epic. It came to me on a, uh, an eight-kilometre walk to Woolworths when I was out foraging for, for food in a lockdown, in the lockdown. Why were you walking eight kilometres? Yeah. Just, just getting your daily walk in? Well, it's a long, it is a long story, but we, we were in America first, right, Shelley and I, my partner, and um, we had to evacuate America before all this stuff happened and we were, we got back to australia on the skin by the skin of our teeth basically we're on the last Qantas flight out of hawaii wow which is a weird place to be in a, a pandemic hawaii i'd never been there before you're always going to have those memories it's not going to be tropical cocktails and and hula it's going to be the fear of getting coronavirus now associated with that island well the fear was on the actual airplane no one else seemed to have that fear everyone was wearing lays and and hawaiian print shirts and just going on holidays and we were just terrified um so the island itself was just in party mode still um and we were just lucky enough to get on this last Qantas flight back so anyway here we are quarantined so we had to quarantine for two weeks when we landed in melbourne and so a friend had a cabin in a, at Echuca on the Murray River. So we, some good friends of ours and my sister foraged and collected enough food to last us two weeks. And on the last day we, we ran out. We only had porridge left or something. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I walked to the closest. Um, and Oh, yeah, so by that stage they'd also closed all the parks, you know, the recreation parks. So we couldn't drive anywhere or they would lock us out. So we had to, so I had to walk. And then the song just, 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 yeah, sprang into my head, completely formed. They say the world's been granted this chance for collective zen. But I keep refreshing to find more death in my heart, it breaks again. But statistics are just fish sticks without the human faces. How can I empathise with all the lives that each number embraces? Did you record it into your phone? Like when that happens and you're on an eight kilometre walk to Woolies, have you got the phone there ready until you're scribbling it down in a notebook? How do you capture that if it's perfectly formed? Oh, on the um, the memo pad on the iPhone, which I've, yeah, all, all the lines are pretty much still there. I edited it down a little bit, but... Um... <laughs> oh, you had more to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As with a lot of my songs, they have to 
they have to be heavily edited. We all cope in different ways. It's, it does seem like it's been a wild year for you. I mean, let's not exclude a, a major part of this. Your partner, Shelley, was quite pregnant when you were escaping America too, wasn't she? You were coming back and, you, and you've recently had a child. Yeah, well, we were always planning to have the baby in Australia and, um, and we, we had a flight back, but um, a friend of mine in Australia rang and he said, look, if, you want to, if you're going to have the baby in Australia, you need to leave right now. And so that was quite a dramatic um, exodus and poor Shelley, you know, barely had time to say goodbye to her friends and family. And within a day, we were on a flight to Hawaii. And the reason we went there was because um, we didn't want to fly through any hubs that had been infected at this stage. And mm. Portland being very close. Portland was thankfully um, pretty much untouched by it at this stage. And Hawaii as well. And that's the only direct flight you can get out of Portland without going through any of the other cities. So that's why we did that. You made it home safely, you headed to Echuca, and then you went back to where it all began. You're currently living in Gympie, which is so full circle, and your son, Rocky, was born in the same hospital that you were, is that right? Yeah, and mum and dad and my sister and, yeah, various uncles and aunties. Kind of perfect, isn't it? It, it felt so nice, and it, it's up the hospital's up on the hill, and so it overlooks the whole town, and the first you know, a few days that we were in the hospital there and I was just walking Rocky at all hours of the evening when he was still called Wombat, that was his original name. Um, I was walking Wombat around and around for hours and just looking out on this town that I had come from and you could pretty much just see all the buildings that kind of represented my life and um, it was just a, yeah, a really nice way. We didn't plan it like this. We certainly didn't think we'd be in, living in Gympie. We didn't plan it like this should be the mantra for 2020. The books that you have left for me will keep me in good company. The boxes that your things are in will stay where they have always been. The light still makes the shapes to crawl on afternoons across the wall. And nothing here will change at all. good to know too that Rocky Joseph Wombat Hanlon has still got Wombat in the mix there, even though you've given him the much more formal title of Rocky. Um, but let's dive into your first song. This is my favourite tune from Chastity Belt. It is so beautiful. It's called Different Now. How is this a coping song for you, Daz? Well, it's kind of almost lyrically, literally a, uh, a coping song. Um, it's, it's kind of like a self-help um, mantra, the, the lyrics in this song. And it's just such... The melody and the, the everything about it—it's such a just a, a just a uplifting anthem, and it's a, it's a new—it's probably my newest selection on this list of coping songs. And um, I met met Chastity Belt um, on a tour of America um, with Courtney Barnett um, in 2015, I think it was, and um, we. <laughs> We, we talked to each other afterwards about this. They were staring at me like, why does Courtney need another support act? And I was looking at them going, why, do, why does she need anything else? <laughs> but then by the second show, we were, we were kind of uh, fast friends and, and they are really good at making friends. 
chastity belt. And um, uh, yeah, and we've stayed friends ever since. And they they asked me to come back on their next tour, and I've since done a few tours with Julia Shapiro, the the singer, the main singer in the band. Um, so yeah, um, this song I just listened to a lot um, after I, I I met the the girls, and um, they played it you know a lot. So. It just represents that time. It was probably the funnest, one of the funnest tours I've ever been on. They seem like awesome humans, and they've been to Australia a few times. I think they did a split seven-inch with another Australian band, didn't they? With Loose Tooth, I believe. Loose Tooth, that's right. Who yeah. they're really good friends with as well. They, they seem to have a lot of friends in Australia, and they're really good at forming friendships. This seems to be... It's kind of been my mantra over the years too. It's the, the friends that you make along the way throughout the world that are the real reason that you do it and they seem to just cultivate these they're really fierce about friendship they don't you can't escape <laughs> i was gonna say i love that fierce about friendship but then it seems kind of overbearing the way that you describe it there <laughs> be our oh, friend they and and they they, they tease constantly they because you know australians we have this kind of teasing joking thing that not that many americans that i've met have but they are fierce when it comes to just playing pranks and teasing and um, taking the mickey out of people. So that's where they get most enjoyment. I sometimes feel like I'm an experiment rather than a friend. next song is Emma Hoyd Sieg Marion Gabru, the great Ethiopian pianist, uh, with her song Homesickness. Ethiopian nun, but this is one part of a very big life story. Tell me about this artist and this song. How is it a coping song for you, Daz? Since discovering, well, being shown the music of um, of, of her uh, through my friend Eric, who runs Mississippi Records in, in Portland, he, he's kind of introduced many new artists to me. I mean, she's in her 90s now, so she's not exactly a new artist, um, <laughs> but a very amazing life story. She um, she was kind of born into kind of the upper class of in Ethiopia and was one of the first ever women to um, to to study abroad. Um, and the fact that she wanted to study classical piano was kind of pretty taboo, I think. Mm. And she's, you know, she's a staunch feminist and um, she uh, then found spirituality and kind of gave away music for a little bit. She was barefoot for 10 years, I believe, in a monastery. And she now lives in a tiny little room in a monastery in Israel, um, which is where people, her pilgrims, often go and find her and chat to her. And Eric is one of those. He went and found her and, and talked to her about her music. And I believe she still plays every day. But this music, is it's, it's just um, 
you know, you can hear the spirituality in it, and it's it's got so many elements. It's got the classical training that she had, but also um, that that Ethiopian pentatonic scale that comes through a lot of their secular, oh sorry, their religious music. Mm. Um, but it just it just feels like water trickling over your soul or something when you listen to this music. And this for Rocky, my my son, is his coping music too. So every night when we we bath him, our little ritual, we play this song. such a beautiful piece of music for you you know someone for whom words are central to your creative life to your whole life do you find some relief in instrumental music in just giving into something with no words a little bit and I I hope to one day delve into it a little bit more but um probably not enough um another artist that I I was going to put in in this spot um was uh, Michael Nyman who's a who's a film composer and um in the past, that is, yeah, he's been on high rotation. He's probably the one instrumentalist that has been on high rotation for me. He did the soundtrack for The Piano, didn't he? The Piano, yeah, and all those Peter Greenway films. We talk a lot about coping, I think, in general, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on for the Take 5 today because I know you are, you know... You, you, you're the you're the cuddles part of the Australian music scene, and I hope that I hope that you take that in the best of ways, Jazz. You just make us all feel good. Um, you, you know, your and your music and and your songs and stories just connect with a part of us that feels very essential and, and true. But there's also, you know, there have been some positives that have come out of isolation and, and lockdown. Sometimes it's harder to see them, but I've seen you post certain things on on social media about the things you've been discovering. Have you kind of found yourself veering towards certain art that maybe you wouldn't have if you didn't have this time to reflect, whether it be books or film or or music or anything? Uh, Probably stuff I would have got to eventually, but I think the positives for me has been just this this kind of seemingly infinite amount of time where um, I've been able to tick a few more boxes that projects that I've been working on and books that I've been meaning to read that have been in the pile. Uh, so, yeah, it's just more of just having that time to... And, and people always said to me, when you have a child, you're never going to... You're not even going to get through a newspaper. But I've so I've been doggedly sitting up late at night and just churning through <laughs> novels to prove them wrong. I did see that on your Instagram the other day, <laughs> just there with Rocky in the nook of your arm and just with a massive book proving everybody that you can read a giant tome. I've even been reading at the stove while cooking. So uh, <laughs> so I have churned through a few books and, and you know. Reading in protest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not sure if I'm taking much of it in, but, um, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, getting, a, getting some new songs written too, so that's good. What are the new songs sounding like? Uh, well, the new album is pretty much ready to go, um, and it's this. This is probably the most frustrating part of the whole lockdown, is um, that I haven't been able to finish it. I'm, I'm probably a good day away from finishing the whole thing, and my engineer Jesse is in is in Melbourne, and um, I guess I could find a studio in Brisbane, but I just want to. I've started it with him, and I want to finish it. So we're just having to do just little bits over the the internet you know um Mm. so a decision that might take five seconds in the studio is taking a week and uh, but we're inching very i'd say in the next two weeks it'll be finished so the songs 
it's a very folky record and it's very lyrically dense and I'm not sure it's even going to fit onto one record. <laughs> I don't know. This this is the time for the triple album, Daz. Yeah, Go for it. Time. Well, yeah. there's two songs that are over 10 minutes. So, um, wow. Yeah. It's a bit unwieldy. <laughs> On the glass that wraps the telephone box An impatient bystander knocks The receiver puts back in its place In that certain things should be said to the face I'm a believer We're going next to a band um, that I don't really know much about, so I'm so curious about the Honeys. Against the Elements is the song that you've chosen. Is this kind of late 80s era Australian music? I think it's possibly 1990 or 89. Um, okay. This is a band, this is my most nostalgic song on, on this, in this, this selection. Um, but they remind me, they take me back to when I was in high school. This is probably the album I listened to the most, The Honeys Goddess. And when, when they first put the train in from Gympie to um, Brisbane... And our parents would let us go down there, and I became this mad record collector. You, uh, the year that that record came out, it was just you go into any record store, and it was being played in Brisbane. And um, I just had, it, I just, it was one of those ones that you get hooked when you're in the shop. You know, um, no one has to tell you about it; you just want to own it. So um, I bought that and, and pretty much wore the grooves off it. And every time I find a copy, it's quite rare. I, I buy it. Um, because I've gone through a few of them, or I buy them for friends or whatever. But, You've um, worn out this record? Oh, many times, yeah. Do you find that you're going back to albums like that that are reminding you of certain times in your life? There's, there's, for me, there's certainly a veering towards nostalgia as a comfort during tough times in this year as well, and I'm seeing it with a lot of other people, even if it's TV shows that we're familiar with. But are you finding that with music too, that that nostalgia is giving you comfort? I think there, there's always been about three or four artists that have always given me that comfort. And probably if you look at the hit rate on my iPod, my old second generation iPod <laughs> that I still have. Love it. Um, the Honeys would be, I've just, it's always been a bit of a coping song for me if I'm, if I'm uh, overseas or whatever. Or um, it's just, it just takes me back to a real happy place. Uh, it, pretty much every song on that album does. And, uh, and yeah, they were, they only ever put out, oh, they've put out, they, they kind of got back together in the 90s, the late 90s and early 2000s and put out another record. But this was the, the one from the heyday, the only one. And a bunch of seven inch singles and things like that. Um, but just really great crafted songs. So The next song you're about to hear is The Magnetic Fields with their song 100,000 Fireflies. Why you chose that song from the Magnetic Fields? Because 
you've got quite a close relationship with this band, don't you? Yeah, and again, it was um, a few years of just really glorious touring and um, feeling very looked after by them and playing just the most exquisite shows you could imagine. They, their, their audience is very literate and lyric hungry and um, they would get, you know, I, I supported them uh, for about five different tours and uh, the, the audience would always get in early to see who the support act was. So you're pretty much playing to full houses every night wherever wherever they would go and and yeah and they were just open to hearing someone they'd never heard before their crowd so it was just a dream for me <laughs> i could just be the support act forever you know that's just it's just the, the best life that's such a smart and curious audience as well that they you know obviously very dedicated they trust the band so much that they want to see what the band's introducing to them yeah and i think just with the band themselves um they they liked it or steven liked it because he didn't like the fuss of a of a big band before them, and he liked that you know it was just me and a guitar and two microphones. So within thirty seconds, the stage was cleared, and there was just no fuss. And um, I think that it was just port- I was portable enough um, that it just worked. You know, their lo-fi friend. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, the, that music reminds me of that that time. Stephen also shares your ability to really create pop songs that are incredibly clever, very direct, often painfully direct, um, but beautiful pop music. What's he like away from the stage? Does he chill out a little bit? What's he like as a human? He's great. And, you know, I'd heard all these stories that he was a bit of a misanthrope and um, he was going to be grumpy and, you know. but That's what I've heard as well. That's why I want to know. (laughs) No, he was, you know what, Um, he watched, he would often be watching my set and he would ask very specific questions about certain lyrics and um, why did I use this word and not that word? And, and we talked, yeah, he talked to me a lot about songwriting and, um, and how he does it. And he was just such a gentleman, really. And mm. we had, he's so funny. Like he's just, we'd have lots of car trips and I'd often be in the car with, with him and Claudia and we just play hours of word games. <laughs> it sounds like hell to probably most people. but No, it sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> we would have to go through the al- alphabet and name movies starting with each letter and, and backwards <laughs> because he's, he watches movies all the time. So Life on the road. Just, yeah. And he would imitate, you know, then, then it became he would imitate lines or quote lines from the movie and we'd have to guess which one it was. have so many of these memories because you've spent so much of your life on the road you're constantly gigging and America has always been a big part of your story as well but the people that you've met and the times that you've spent particularly on those tours where you are in buses for long periods of time do you, are you sort of reflecting back on that now that everything's kind of come to a pause for now do you think back about the amount of time that you spent on the road throughout your whole life and just that that wild freedom to meet so many people and have so many experiences. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. That's it's the it's what gives me um, kind of soul food, I guess. It's just the travel, and I, there's every now and again during this this whole scenario where I've just had a got a shiver when I thought when I think maybe that might not happen, you know, for a long time, and who knows when? Because um, I have travelled every year, pretty much since I started playing music, and it's been pretty much consistently joyous, the, the travel parts of it. Um, 
So uh, yeah, it's, it does scare me. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be doing concerts on online or whatever. Um, for me, it's the the connection uh, of being being there. Yeah, and you feel that as well at every Darren Hanlon show, whether it's one of your famed Christmas shows, whether you're supporting an act or playing as the headliner. It's always such a beautiful experience um, to hear your stories. I'm excited about hearing 10 minute epics on this forthcoming new Darren Hanlon album. Uh, make sure that you send it to us as soon as you're done, Daz. We can't wait to hear more. I will. They're not ra- it's, 10 minutes is not radio friendly, but, um, you know, <laughs> it might put Rocky to sleep. <laughs> Here comes the true inspiration for these new songs. Yeah. The boy threw his guitar down and started beating his brow. No matter how hard he tried, he couldn't justify all the wasted time spent inventing words and rhyme as the stars and the planets and the clock did lapse. We've got one more of your coping songs to visit, Darren Hanlon. And this is a song that's appeared a few times in the Take 5. In fact, most recently, Emma Donovan chose it in her Take 5 just a couple of weeks ago. But more often than not, it's Christine Arnoux's version. You're going back to the OG, mm-hmm. Warumpi Band and My Island Home. Original George. Original George, quite literally. (laughs) Yes. Tell us about why you chose this song. Oh, this is just the best coping song when you're away from Australia, or for me anyway. Um, This is one that that I can't not cry to, I think, when when I'm feeling homesick or any time. It's a great driving song. It's just so packed full of emotion and and, um, it's so simple and... It's just well, it's it's a song about homesickness as well. So um, uh, it's just a special song for me. I just love the Warumpi Band, and um, yeah, just it's, it's hard to 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 not pick that song for me. A couple of years ago, you travelled around Australia collecting songs under the idea of this buried country. A whole bunch of incredible uh, songs by Aboriginal singers and songwriters that hadn't seen the light of day. Did you come across the Warumpi Band and, and the members in that when you were searching through all of these hidden gems? I did. Um, well, the Warumpi Band were, were one of the bands that were kind of well-known. There was them and, and Jimmy Little were the, the two more um, universally known acts on that compilation. But the, the song that I chose was was a little bit rare, you know, um, a Get Out of Jail. Um, and I... Well, it became apparent early on this on the project that I had to speak to people face to face. That that was going to be a thing. That when when this when this kind of booklet that goes with the record was kind of just growing um, out of control, I, I just knew that yeah, I had to do it properly. So I went to Alice Springs and people were kind of looking at me funny because I said, "Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna pop out to Papunya and try and meet the Butcher Brothers," you know, Sammy Butcher, and. Um, you can't just pop out there. I mean, there's no bus. There's no... I was really naive about a lot of this stuff, and um, it, I end up having to hitchhike. It's you know a good few hours on corrugated road to get there. But mm. um, once I got there, Sammy was just so great. He was so excited to talk about the band, and he's so proud of of kind of um, the, just what they did, everything they did, and he hadn't even read Neil Murray's book. Uh, sing for me, countrymen, my countrymen. Um, and I had a copy of it, and 
Sammy actually snuck over to where I was staying so he could read a few chapters in the in the Land Rover. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, and so we he took me all around and showed me the hill where um, Papunya was named after and Warumpi Band and um, just showed me a lot of the landscape and it was really hard to leave. He, yeah, he he wanted to take me out camping and so I hope to get yeah I hope to get back there someday as well. You've travelled so extensively through the world and even through Australia doing all kinds of regional tours. But on that trip, were you going to places that you'd never been to before? Definitely a lot of the um, Aboriginal communities. I'd, some of them I hadn't been, well, Papunya I certainly hadn't been to. And there were some places up in um, around Nullumboy that I hadn't been to before to, to try and track down some of those people there. I mean, I went to Armidale five times for this project and that's saying something, isn't it? <laughs> That's commitment. <laughs> that really is commitment. Yeah. Six years I've been in the desert And every night I dream of the sea To say home is where you find it Will this place ever satisfy me? Warumpi Band with My Island Home a song that will tug at everyone's heartstrings. I hope those songs and that conversation was sweet relief for you. I know I'm going to be listening to Emma Hoy's piano music from here on in. That was amazing. Next time, another local legend is joining you to Take Five. Kwan Yeomans. Frontman of Regurgitator, half of Happy Land, an all-round excellent human with a beautiful baritone voice. He's Taking Five with you. Take Five! The Take Five with Dan Rowe. Every week, hear the people you love. Hi, I'm Joan Jett. Hey, this is Nana Cherry. And I'm Taking Five. Talk about the five songs they love. Hear stories of discovery. And I heard this thing coming out of the speakers. I was like, oh my God, what is that noise? Wow. And the songs that changed how they saw the world. It just affected me deeply. I never knew rap could be that powerful. It's like a jungle. Join Zan Rowe and Take 5. Life 101 with Kimber and Zan. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Subscribe now.